Hey there, Schmodown fans! It is Josh the Merc Rainer here with another episode of Talking Schmodown. This is episode number 38, and I am excited. I am talking about the Ultimate Schmodown Teams Tournament. It has continued three more great matches this week, and I'm going to get into them. So as I say every single week, let's get ready to talk Schmodown. Alright everybody, how are you doing this week? I am so excited to be back. Uh, this episode's coming a little bit later than usual. Had some issues going on at the beginning of the week. Uh, my daughter got quite sick and so we were kind of taking care of all that stuff. But I am here now to talk about the Schmodown. I am ready and I am excited. So first off, like always, have a little bit of news to go into. Uh, according to a recent episode of the Schmodown Rundown, the 10th manager for the upcoming 2020 draft will be revealed at the Spectacular. Have some ideas of who it could be. I've talked about it on previous episodes. And I just may know who it might be. I'm not going to say, though. So we're going to leave it at that. But uh, let me know. Hop on Twitter at MovieBlogMerk and let me know who you think this 10th manager is going to be. Are you excited to find out? Is this draft something that you're looking forward to? Let me know who you want to see as this 10th manager. Also, there is apparently a new show coming. And it is the Schmodown Backstage. Not sure uh, exactly what this is going to be. No real details have been given as far as I have found. Uh, I'm curious if it's going to be essentially a substitute to Inside Schmodown, which I gotta say, I miss. I, I loved Ken on the, on the desk doing Inside Schmodown. And I remember a while back, Christian had said that they were revamping Inside Schmodown, uh, and it was gonna be an hour long show, and it was gonna have Ken and Roxy as the hosts. I don't know what happened to that, but I, I'm wondering if this new Schmodown backstage thing is going to be that or some version of that. So uh, keep an eye out for that. I believe, uh, because right now I'm recording this on Thursday, I believe that uh, today's episode of SEN, uh, SEN Live actually, uh, they are going to be, I don't know if they're going to be revealing it or doing something, but something about Schmodown backstage is going to be on there. So uh, on next week's episode, I'm sure I'll be able to dive more into that. Uh, so before we get into our first match, uh, my crew over at Afterlive, which is the uh, Collider Live after show that we do here on the Merc with Movie Blog podcast feed, uh, recently had a fantastic interview with Paul Preston, uh, one half of the movie guys. He is a fantastic dude and a super, super smart and talented competitor. So uh, I'm going to play a little clip from that, and then I want you guys to go and check that out. And um, you are a part of the Schmodown. How did you first get involved in the Schmodown? Christian and Mark of the Schmoes uh, had a show on the Toad Hop Network about seven years ago. And we were on that same network. We were on the same night. So it was like movie night on the Toad Hop Network. This is uh, Frosty and Heidi. No, not Frosty. Heidi and Frank, without Frosty. After the Frosty, Heidi, and Frank show on local LA radio, went away those two started this network of podcasts and 
so we got to know those guys and we you know clearly were up on the same night and and we'd see each other then we'd see each other at cons and other things and then the network folded Heidi and Frank went back with Frosty and went back on the radio they're on KLOS here in the mornings I think uh Mark and Christian still appear on their show every once in a while but uh we kind of didn't see Mark or Christian for a long time but I guess I kept them on my newsletter for the movie guys. There's, you know, a small handful of people we send out newsletters to just say, Hey, here's what we're doing. Here's the interviews we got going on, articles we're writing, places you can find our podcast, some live comedy show we're doing. And he reached out and he says, you know anything about trivia? And I said, uh, yes, Adam and I could come on there and play and play to win. And so, uh, yeah, the, the free for all, that's when we got on board and it's been great reconnecting with those guys. They are, you know, pretty, authentic movie lovers so it's and i mean talk about another good fan base like Ghostbusters, oh, yeah. the schmodown fans and the players we're with are all outstanding people it's been a it's been a trip we get to be jerks <laughs> <laughs> and people As love you, you right? it's a character yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> all right now be sure to head over to uh, After Live episode number 39 to get the entire interview from uh, Paul Preston and the crew over there. It was fantastic. I really hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, so we're going to jump into the matches. We have match number one for the week, which was a fa- I loved this match. It was probably my favorite of the week. And that is the family versus the wild berries. That's right. Wild berries! Anytime Makuga and Elliot are up there doing their thing as the Wild Berries, it is a great time. No matter the outcome, it's it's always an entertaining match. Uh, no matter what, like I said, they could they could be completely answering nothing. They could, they could be a zero points, and and the other people could just be completely destroying them. And I guarantee you, it's gonna be an entertaining match. Because these two guys are funny as hell. So we have an opening scene. Robert Meyer Burnett. He's uh, telling his team not to uh, give the Wild Bears any quarter. You know, not don't give in to them. Don't let them get to you. Uh, then he calls them douchebags, which I thought was kind of funny. I was like, whoa, getting uh, get a little rough in there. Uh, I liked it. Uh, and then the Wild Bears crashed their meeting. They screamed Wild Bears a few times and take off. But my favorite part of this entire opening scene... Andrew Guy and Drew McWeeny whispering wild berries to each other. That was fantastic. That lets you know that they're as excited about this match uh, as we are as fans. So we've got Ken and Ellis on the desk. A great classic uh, duo right there. These two guys know how to work the crowd. And uh, no matter what, you're going to get some good banter out of them. So out first, we had the wild berries. They've apparently only played six matches before this, I like it feels like they've played so many matches. It's ridiculous, but apparently they've only played up to the up to this point had played six matches. This would be their seventh. I I was floored by that. I was like, wow, really? That's it? It really seemed like more, but it makes sense because I mean, I, I you know it's not like they're in title contention, so they're not. You know, moving up the ranks and, and getting all these matches and stuff. But I think it might just be because of how memorable their matches seem to be. 
they stick they stick at least for me they stick in my head a little bit more and so it seems like they've played more than other teams but yeah no this is only match number seven it's kind of crazy then out next was the family uh with their fellow stable mate brandon hannah and manager robert meyer burnett uh i gotta say robert meyer burnett had this sweet ass wolverine t-shirt on and i loved it i kind of want to get one it was awesome Burnett, if you're listening by any chance, let me know where you got that shirt. All right, so we're going to hop into round number one. Uh, for three of these competitors, it was pretty close. Um, we had uh, Elliot and uh, Andrew Guy both getting six points. Drew McWeeny getting seven. But unfortunately, Josh McCougan not having a stellar first round, only scoring two points out of all eight this was rough for him um Elliot's you know doing really good he's he is a really good player when he's not drunk uh you know that's really for for the wild bears as a whole but specifically uh Elliot Dewberry you know he recently had that uh that perfect round and now here he's got six points you know only one point behind freaking Drew McWeeny there he he's he's solid I think if, you know, whoever, uh, whatever manager happens to get him on their, on their, uh, faction, I think they got a good player in their hands, uh, as long as they can keep him, uh, kind of sober. I mean, he doesn't have to be completely sober, but there were times where the Wild Bears were just completely sloshed, and they were just getting destroyed. But I, you know, I've noticed that when they don't drink like that, when they, you know, maybe they have a little bit here and there, but when they're not already drunk going into a match, they seem to do a lot better and have uh, way more interesting matches, really. So they end round one 13 to 8 in favor of the family. This is five points at the end of round one. That's rough. You know, that's not where you want to be. But I'm sure a lot of people out there were expecting the family to just kind of destroy them. But honestly, even even that, even with that in mind, five points doesn't seem as bad as it could have been. We've seen way bigger point differentials uh, for for other teams, including in this tournament. We've seen that. So five points, it's not it's not the nail in the coffin, but it's definitely not a good start. So we get into round number two. And the family defers, Wild Berries, they land on 2000s, and they stay. They, are, they seem pretty confident in this. And you want to know what? They did excellently. They answered five out of their six questions, going multiple choice once on those, for a total of nine out of 12 points. That's solid. That is really solid. Uh, on the one question that they did miss, they did go multiple choice. And the family did uh, get a, a one-point steal out of that. So, honestly, they netted eight points because of that steal. And that's pretty damn good, I think. An eight-point round, you know, I think that's pretty damn good. Um, I, You know, the, they should have listened to all of the answers. They may have, because that, that's what happened, is they kind of rushed it and uh, didn't listen to all the answers in the multiple choice. And maybe if they had listened, they may have actually gotten it right. I don't know, but unfortunately, they did not. 
So at this point, they're actually, they, you know, they find themselves in the lead for, you know, for, for once, which is great. 17 to 14 in favor of the Wild Bears. That's, that's fantastic. Solid round, like I said. Again, when they're not completely sloshed, they do pretty damn good. You know, Josh McCuga just had a, a real rough first round, and that happens to some people. Uh, but all in all, they're having a fairly solid game. However, they are up against the family, Drew McWeeny. He's a powerhouse. Uh, they spin, uh, they get, they land on Spinner's Choice and they choose 80s films. There's really nothing you can do about it, you know? Uh, it's all about the wheel, it's all about the luck. And, and it happens. Um, for some re- weird reason, I noticed that, uh, camera wise, there was a pretty hard edit cut right after the spin. Um, I know that like Mc, it looked like McWeeny kind of tripped on something a little bit, but it seemed like he caught himself. So I wonder if something else happened that caused them to have to to cut that part out. But it was it was kind of abrupt. Um, you go back and check that out. Like I said, it's like right after the spin, it just cuts real hard, I, and I'm and I'm not sure why. So, anyways, we get into their round, and they just they they just demolish it. McWeeny's a beast. They get all six questions right for 11 points. They have to go to multiple choice once, but they get it. And they, they really, they, they take it to town, man. Uh, and they end their portion of the round with a bigger gap than before. Now it's 25 to 17. An eight point gap. This is not where you want to be. This, whoo-wee, man, uh, not at all. You do not want to be eight points behind going into the final round. Um, and so it's all up to the Wild Bears to answer their three questions in round three. Uh, and unfortunately, they are only able to get their three-point question, giving the family the win via a TKO 25-20. to 20. Now, for their one answer, Makuga, he was so ex- insanely excited after getting this one right. Although, a couple weeks ago, they did ask the name of a movie about college, you know, about a college basketball movie. And the answer was, everybody wants some. Then here, they're asked, in everybody wants some, what sport do they play? So I'm curious, it got me thinking, and this was brought up, uh, on an episode of SCN Afterlife that I was on recently, on the premiere actually. Like, why are they recycling these questions? What's going on here? Like, I, I understand, you know, maybe it just got two different people, maybe wrote this question two different ways, and it got stuck in two different categories. I don't know. But it seems strange to be recycling a question like that so soon. Um, I, I, I don't know. But it just seems strange to me. So again, like I said, the family took this match 25-20, to 20, and they move on to round two. Of the Ultimate Schmodown Teams Tournament. And with that, uh, I am going to go to our first ad break of the night. And talk about a couple of the shows that we have on here. And hope you stick around to hear about all the shows that we've got on Merck the Movie Blog. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, Sean and Wade here to tell you about our new review show following each episode of Disney Plus's The Mandalorian. Dude, yes, Boba Fett! Not exactly, Wade. Set in the Star Wars universe, The Mandalorian takes place five years after Return of the Jedi and follows a Mandalorian bounty hunter beyond the reaches of the New Republic. Yeah, Boba Fett. Did you even watch Return of the Jedi? Never mind. Join us here every week on the Merc with the Movie blog feed. (laughs) 
Thank God Galen will be here too. I don't think I can handle weight on my own. Hey, it's Sarah, and I'd like to tell you about Afterlife. It's a weekly Collider Live after show podcast where Mike, Sean, and I give our takes on Roxanne Duran's annex, on Yodi's producing skills, and whatever Cody and Alex are up to in that booth. In addition to having guests, we expand on the crew's discussions and add our own craziness. You can find the show on Merkwin and Movie Blog Feed on all the podcasting platforms. See you soon. All right, and we are back. Please make sure to head on over to anchor.fm slash movieblogmerk. Check out all the shows that we have over there on the network. Again, that is anchor.fm slash movieblogmerk. And you can get all the great shows right here on the Merk of the Movie Blog podcast feed. So now we're going to get into match number two. <clears throat> that is Shazam versus the Movie Guys. So we have Shazam, which is uh, William Bibiani and Brendan Meyer, and the movie guys, Adam Witt and uh, Paul Preston. So two fantastic teams, real high caliber. This this was a hell of a match. We had an opening scene, Kaiser and Smets at Universal Studios, uh, out there looking for Kalinowski. I'm really liking these little, uh, they're almost like little vignettes of uh, Kaiser and Smets. You know, we had the one... In the, uh, the, I don't know, I can't even remember what it was. It was a restaurant's, like, basement stairway or whatever, um, that they were chilling out in because the, they, they didn't pay the, he didn't pay the rent on the dungeon. So I thought that was funny. And then they got this one. I'm really enjoying what they're doing with them. And, uh, I gotta say, I hope that, uh, Kaiser is able to keep Smets around. You know, uh, I, I'm really rooting for, for Smets at, uh, Spectacular. And you know if he gets that title, I know that he'll be he'll be safe. I'm pretty sure that I mean I'm assuming I don't actually know for for 100 sure if the top five inner geekdom players are safe as well. I'm pretty sure top five singles and top five teams are safe if they're on you know if they have a manager that manager can can keep them if they choose. Um, so if that's the case with uh, inner geekdom. I really hope he he keeps him because I love the two of them together. I think that it's a it's a perfect pairing, and they do some funny shit together. I I really I really dig it. So we've got Ellis and Emma on the desk this time. I love seeing Emma on the desk. She's she's awesome. She has some great banter with pretty much anybody that she she's with, and uh, this is no different. Mark Ellis is no and he's I feel like Ellis can work with just about anybody, you know, and he can make. He can make just about anybody shine. So uh, seeing them together on the desk, that, that was pretty awesome. And then during the uh, pre-match promos that they do, this is something I don't tend to talk a lot about because it's just it's just them kind of going back and forth usually. But during this particular pre-match promo, we got Paul Preston singing Kill the Beast from Beauty and the Beast. And it was awesome. And if you listened to our most recent episode of SEN Afterlife, which was episode 39, we had none other than David B. on there, and he revealed that he made the music that was played during uh, that that song choice. Unfortunately, it was uh, kind of edited in slightly off, so if you notice that the music's a little bit off from the singing, that's because it got... He explained... David B., listen to the episode Afterlife number 39. David B. goes into detail about, like, 
uh, hot, you know, certain songs, ha- you know, they they start before the first beat or whatever, before the count of one. Um, and so he, he really goes into it. He's very, he's super smart, very knowledgeable, a fantastic musician. He actually did the theme, our theme song for, uh, Afterlife, which is, you know, a fantastic piece of music. And he also did a theme song for a show on my other podcast network, uh, called I Am the Night. It's a Batman the Animated Series podcast over on the DC Comics News Podcast Network. So if you're interested in a Batman the Animated Series podcast, head on over to DC Comics News. Uh, but anyways, back into this. So at first we had uh, the movie guys that came out. They got settled. These two guys, they're funny. I love these guys. Um, Adam Wick came out, uh, kind of like dressed up like kind of like a lawyer, uh, <laughs> talking about like gimmick infringement. Uh, gonna contact Marvel and and all these other things because of because of the Shazam thing. The funniest part about it, they never once even mentioned DC, and I love that. It was perfect. I can't, you know, I, I absolutely thought it was perfect. Uh, and then, obviously, Shazam comes out. Bibbs appears in a bolt of lightning like they usually do, which I love that effect. I think it's fantastic, and it works, obviously, because their name is Shazam. But there's no Brendan Meyer. And it's like, what's going on here? I don't know. Uh, so, round one rules get announced, and he's still not out there. Uh, and then, as they, you know, they're asking, you know, are you guys ready? Bibbs, like, he realizes he forgot something. And he yells out, THE KID! And then you see the, like, backstage door burst open. Brendan Meyer comes running in all Home Alone style, does the hands on the face and screams bit. And then he comes running out, uh, out onto the stage and they get ready to go. That was, it was pretty funny. I was, I was wondering if they were gonna do something other than the bolt of lightning. Um, but then when he didn't come out with Bibbs, I was like, they're doing something and I, and I'm excited to see what it is. Uh, cause they, they love their theatrics and, and it, it, was, it was pretty good. I, I really enjoyed it. So we get into round number one and it stays pretty close. The whole, the whole match. Um, they stay within one point of one another. Uh, we get halfway through the match and I noticed something that was kind of funny. Um, Emma, this, this had nothing to do with the players, this had nothing to do with the questions, but Emma questions Mark Ellis about his love for a, a restaurant apparently called Steak Escape, and the look on his face was just the look of utter betrayal, like, you're, don't you talk bad about Steak Escape? It was, it was great, so I think it was after question number four. So go in and rewatch that if you didn't catch it and check that out. It was pretty good. Uh, but yeah, this was a solid round by both teams. And Paul was so close to getting that perfect round. He answered those first seven questions right. He hadn't missed a thing. I mean, the other players, you know, missed a question here or there. But he got all the way to that last question and unfortunately couldn't, couldn't close it on that last question. Uh, and so the, the first round ends. 14 to 13 in favor of Shazam. It's only a one point difference, and that's 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 not bad. You know, uh, being behind in general is never a great thing, but one point, that's nothing. You can make that up uh, easily. So we get into round two. Shazam defers, and the movie guys spin directors and stay. That is one of Paul Preston's uh, biggest strengths as directors, and it is shown here as he clears the board all 12 points. Uh, all six questions, man. These 
guys are legit. Uh, anyone who doubts their talent needs to go home and rethink their life choices because these guys, they are legit. I, I believe down the road we will see titles on these guys uh, as long as they keep fighting hard. I, I, I can see that in their future. Uh, so they end their portion of the round 25-14. to 14. They are up uh, by 11 points at this point in the game. Shazam goes up, spins 90s, and they stick with it. And when you know, they clear the board as well. They, they do have to go to multiple choice once. So they wind up with 11 points, tying the game 25-25. to 25. Hot damn, these two teams are putting on a clinic. I couldn't believe how good... These guys have, uh, all of them, all four of these players, fantastic. This was a hell of a match, and it's only round freaking two, and it's 25 to 25 already. So it all comes down to the final round. Uh, they go back and forth a little bit until we get to Shazam's three-point question, where uh, Brendan really struggled here to try and pull out an answer and was not able to, so he misses that three-point question. Uh, whereas the movie guys had gotten theirs. So at that point, that put them ahead and forces Shazam to answer their five, which they luckily do. So then it all comes down to the movie guys. If they can get their five-point question, they win the game. Unfortunately, they are not able to capitalize on this, and they uh, lose the game. Shazam wins uh, twenty or sorry, 32-30, to 30, and they move on to round two of the tournament. This was a hell of a match. And I can't... I ah, Man, I cannot say any bad words about the movie, guys. They fought so hard here. Brought it down to that final five-point question. And that's the thing. Five-point questions can be fucking hard, man. And that's the point. They're supposed to be hard. It's five fucking points. And... I have seen so many matches where that five-pointer is what sinks a team. So, unfortunately for the movie guys, that's what did it here. I mean, I guess technically, yes, if both Adam and Paul had gotten perfect rounds in round one, they would have won the game because they would have been up. They would have had 33 points at this point because uh, and possibly 35 if they had gotten their bonus questions. But... It didn't happen, and, you know, it is what it is. But no matter what, I do believe they have a bright future in the movie Trivia Schmodown. Uh, especially Paul Preston. His singles career has been fantastic as well. So he's a power player on both sides, and I really think we're going to see a lot of good stuff from him and his team, uh, the movie guys, coming up in 2020. All right. Uh, so during that post-match interview, I noticed that uh, Jen Sturger was wearing a CM Punk shirt. I wanted to kind of bring that up. I love that shirt. It's fantastic. CM Punk is great, and that shirt is awesome. And it looked fantastic on her. She looked great. Uh, and then Mark Andreco leaping into the Shazam's post-interview was hilarious. He's a great dude. And right there, that does it for uh, match number two. Of this week on Talking Schmodown. I'm going to take one more ad break so you can hear about the other two shows on this network, and I hope that you guys stick around for that. It is going to be good. Uh, so I'll be right back for more 
Talking Schmodown. Hi, everyone. This is Sarah, host of Go Get That Rose podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to talking about all things Bachelor Nation. Join Jay Wade, a man in his 40s who is recently new to all things Bachelor Nation, and myself, someone who has been watching passionately for the past three years, as we review, share our thoughts on each episode of whatever show is currently on TV, whether that is Bachelor, Bachelorette, or Bachelor in Paradise. We might not even know everyone's names, but we have fun nonetheless. You can find us on Merck with a Movie Blog Feed wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello everybody, Jay Wade and Kaylin here to tell you about SEN Afterlife. It's an after show podcast where we expand on the week of craziness on SEN Live as well as have guests on to join in the fun. Yep, and we get personal too. We do movie reviews and at times we go way off the rails, which I guarantee is always Kaylin's fault. Hey, how rude and not true. So come join us on the Merc with the Movie Blog feed and remember to rate, share, and subscribe. And as always, enjoy. All right, and we are back for our final match on episode number 38 of Talkin' Schmodown. Uh, and that match is Crimson Fury, which is Stacey Howard and Tim Franco, versus the Loose Cannons, Paul Oyama and Eric Zipper. So we got an opening scene here. Paul talking on the phone, bragging about some shit, you know, do, being the kind of douche that he normally is, whatever. Uh, then the rest of the dungeon comes up. And Kaiser uh, gives them a pep talk. Then Zip kind of asks, you know, are they married to the name Loose Cannons? He doesn't want people to uh, to think that he's unstable and all this jazz. And Kaiser says, yes, you know that, you know, it's already branded. They already got Loose Cannon buttons and stickers and whatever, and teach hoodies or whatever the hell else he says. And, and I, I thought that was that was really funny. Uh, you know, they. Just, I don't know. I just thought it was really funny him just being like, "Are we are we married to this name?" I don't want people to think that I'm unstable. I th- I, th- I thought it was great. I loved it. Uh, so we move into toward the match, and we've got Ellis and Miss Movies Brienne Chandler on the desk. This was fantastic. Uh, and if you want to hear a little bit about uh, uh, some some of my crew's thoughts on uh, Miss Movies in this match, head on over to Sen After Live. Episode number two with uh, the one with David B, and you'll hear some great stuff over there uh, from, uh, from from my crew on that show. So be sure to check out Sen After Live episode number two. So uh, during the pre-match promos, Ken uh, does one of his best jabs by calling the loose cannons loose change, and I gotta say. It was fucking hilarious. I laughed so hard. And that is going to be my new name for them. They are Loose Change. So, out first was Loose Change with the rest of the basement. I I mean the dungeon. You know. I love you guys. We're here for the dungeon. Uh, followed by Crimson Fury with Ken and Grace. Uh, and I got to say, man, Ken licking a lollipop over here making me question my sexuality a little bit. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, I love you, Ken. Hope you're listening. Probably not, but if you are, love you. We're going to hop in around number one. And it was pretty close for the most part. I had some missteps here. Um, Stacy not having a great round. Not really a terribly good round overall, honestly. Uh, Paul had the best round with seven points, uh, and it just kind of tapered down from there. Down, down, right down the line. Uh, round one ends 
12 to 10 in favor of the loose cannons. So they're up by two points going into round two. It's just, I don't know, it was kind of a lackluster round. Not a lot going on. I mean, not a whole ton of points being scored. No, you know, challenges, nothing like that. No controversies, nothing. It was just, I don't know. It was just a little bit lackluster. So we get into round number two. Loose Cannons defer and Crimson Fury spins Brad Pitt. And they re-spin and land on Festival Darlings. And when they landed on this, I was like, oh man, they are fucking sunk. But they actually do pretty well here. Uh, Answering five out of six questions. They did have to go to multiple choice uh, several times. So they wound up with seven out of 12 points and did give away one point of steal. So they ended round one 17, uh, their portion of round one, I should say, 17 to 13 in favor of Crimson Fury. Not a terrible round, but uh, it, it definitely left them open to getting crushed. So uh, you know, it, it definitely it hurt a little bit. They didn't have great round one or two, but as you as you'll see later on, it doesn't always matter. If you've got a great round one or a poor round one in round two, sometimes it comes down to the round three. Uh, so loose cannon spins coming of age uh, and they stay with it. Paul just decides to keep it without even conferring with his partner or his manager. Um, and honestly, it's that kind of arrogance that can bite you in the ass eventually. It doesn't, you know, thankfully for them, it doesn't bite them in the ass during this round. But that mentality of of being that lone wolf and not being a team player can really fuck you over in, in a team's match. Um, they do go 5 out of 6 for 10 points, uh, and they give up a steal to, uh, to Crimson Fury, ending uh, round 1, 23-18 in favor of uh, Loose Cannons. That is a 5-point deficit right there. It's a great round for Loose Cannons, and I have to say. Much needed steal, though, for Crimson Fury, but, you know, at this point in the stage, I was asking myself, is it enough to, to really help? You know, uh, being five points behind, I'm sure that the stats on that, uh, on, on coming back from a five-point deficit, I'm sure that there's not a lot uh, of people who do that. Go and ask... As I say all the time, go and ask Frankie Numbers, Frank Janish from uh, the Schmodown Rundown, the stat man himself. Ask him uh, what are the stats for that? How many teams or even players have come back from a five-point deficit in the final round to win? So let's let's find out. Head on over to Twitter and hit up Frank Janish. So then we get into round number three, and Crimson Fury does fantastic here. This is their best round. They get all three of their questions right. Whereas the Loose Cannons, unfortunately, only managed to hit their three-point question, giving Crimson Fury the upset win right here. Busting fucking brackets. 28-26. to That's right. Crimson Fury is moving on to round two. Fucking Stacy Howard busted my brackets again. She, she busted my bracket for the singles tournament, she busted my bracket for the teams tournament. She is a fierce competitor, and I, man, I will not underestimate her ever again. Not after this season. Not after her busting two brackets and screwing up my whole thing. She 
is definitely on track for some great, great stuff next season. And I can't wait to see it. So that wraps up everything for this episode. Man, some wild matches happened. Some great stuff. That that final match. Whoo-wee. I did not see it coming. I mean, like I said, five points behind going into round number three. And they took it home, man. So head, hop on Twitter and find Frank Janish and ask him how many people, how many teams or, or individual players have come back from a five-point deficit. I'm really interested to find out. So... On the next episode of Talking Shmoda, I will be talking about three more teams matches. The, the final two uh, for the teams tournament, for the round one of the teams tournament. And then we will get the very first match of round number two uh, of the teams tournament. So we've got the Looney Bin versus the Self-Righteous Brothers. And the Evil Geniuses versus the Paddington 2. And then whatever round two uh, the starting match winds up being. Uh, be sure to also check out, uh, at the end of the month, on the 27th of November, the Holiday Movies Exhibition Match. That's going to be good. And check also be sure to catch the Schmodown Spectacular on December 7th. Five huge matches. William Bibiani versus Ben Bateman in a number one contender singles match. Alex Damon versus Laura Kelly in a Star Wars title match. Mike Kalinowski versus Kevin Smets in an inner geekdom title match. The Founding Fathers versus the winner of the team's tournament in a team's title match. And Paul Oyama versus either Ben Bateman or William Bibiani in the singles title match. It's going to be epic. I am so excited. Um, and also, uh, I didn't mention this earlier uh, on in the news, which I probably should have, but I didn't. Um, on, I think it was yesterday's episode of SEN Live... Christian Harloff uh, did confirm that uh, they are planning to do both the awards and the draft on the same night. They were originally going to do the awards on the on January 11th, with the draft on the 18th, and then the New York the first show the the New York live event um, on the 25th to open up the season. But it so, he it sounds like he's going to. Kind of do what the Oscars do and uh, announce some of the winners off air and then combine both the awards and the draft into one show uh, on the 11th is what it sounds like as of right now. So keep an eye out for more info on that and I will also keep you updated on future episodes uh, of Talking Schmodown. And as far as that New York live event on the 25th goes, it's in Brooklyn and we're going to finally see Mark Kanopic get her title shot against either Mike Kalinowski or Kevin Smets, whoever walks away the winner with the Inner Geekdom title. This is going to be my very first uh, Schmodown live event that I'll be going to. I am so excited to go and meet everybody and just hang out and, and see it live and feel the energy. You know, people have told me how, just how different it is and how insane it is and that how the energy, it just... It, it's kind of almost undescribable from, from what they say, and I am so excited to, to experience that. So if you guys are going to be out there, let me know. If you're going to that New York Live event, let me know. We can meet up or something, hang out, do something, talk some Schmodown, talk whatever. Uh, I think it will be fantastic. 
So I am Josh the Merc Rainer, editor-in-chief of Merc with a Movie Blog, producer of all these crazy podcasts that we got going on over here. Be sure to head on over to Twitter and Instagram at Movie Blog Merc and on Facebook and YouTube at Merc with a Movie Blog as well as my site uh, MercWithMovieBlog.com. I know I haven't done much over on the actual site, but my plan uh, will be to, uh, over the next month or so, to really revamp the whole site, get things looking a little bit better, and start really pumping out more content, written content on the site as well. We got big plans for the new year, and I am as excited as you are for everything. So thanks again from me and everybody else on the Merc with the Movie Blog team. Uh, this has been episode number 38 of Talking Schmodown, and please join me next time so we can talk Schmodown. Catch you later.